Oh, well, my God. Coming at you live from the back, city guys. of dreams. Hey, guys. It's been so long. I know. It really has been. It's been like almost two weeks because we pre-recorded the Golden Globes episode. Oh, yes, yeah. we did. Spoilers about if you haven't watched the Golden Globes. <laughs> Don't. F- just look at the highlights. <laughs> Go to the um, BuzzFeed uh, Twitter and just read the recaps. Yeah, um, Cam, what did you do for the Golden Globes? Uh, I worked the Golden Globes. So I, he was um, on the red carpet sure... and nobody was there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone that listens knows, but I work at BuzzFeed. And um, I got to live tweet the Golden Globes from the BuzzFeed account, which was really fun. And it was really stressful for the first hour. And then I realized that... Um, it doesn't really matter what I say, so mm-hmm. then I because nobody really follows that account, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, no one, just six million people. <laughs> and if you were following Cam's live tweeting, you will know that um, Spike Lee's kids are sibling goals. <laughs> and you actually will know that we are all Bill Murray, and he won. <laughs> he did not win. <laughs> We are all Bill Murray when he wears his Hawaiian shirt. He won because he wore a Hawaiian shirt and drank a martini. Oh, the one mistake that I made was that, so Chadwick Boseman, spoiler, well, it's not really a spoiler, but Chadwick Boseman won for Best Actor. I didn't mean to get into the Golden Globes so quickly, but, um, and his wife spoke and on, they didn't show her name on the telecast. They just said Simone Boseman, which is not her full name. They, but her full name is her First name is Taylor, and then I think she goes by her middle name, and then she uses her maiden name, and then sometimes she uses Bozeman. So I put Simone Bozeman, because that's what they said on the telecast, and then one person responded and was like, why don't you get her name right? And then someone later had to, like, correct my tweet. But I was like, guys, I don't know Chadwick Bozeman's wife's name. I'm really sorry to Chadwick Bozeman's so wife. So sorry to Chad- Chadwick Bozeman's wife. I can't say that name. Um, but... Honestly, like that's on the Golden Globes, not you. Thank you. Yeah, Thank they you should have much. put the right name on there. But what were they? Yeah, thinking? I would say so. Respect on her name. What is her name? Pop quiz cam. What's her I... name? Learn from your mistake. <laughs> I knew it earlier today because I was looking at it, but um. Mrs. Black Panther. Okay, let's let's. Her name Mrs. is Marie. Taylor Simone. Taylor Simone Ledward, and then sometimes Bozeman is included as after Ledward. So sometimes she has four names, sometimes she just has three. So and I apologize. Is, and what does Taylor she Simone. do? I don't know. I couldn't find her Wikipedia page, but it just says on this Vogue article that her name is that. <laughs> okay. Well, good for her. So sorry to that woman. But also, that was the Golden Globe's fault, as were many things. Yeah. So, um, we'll get into more of the Golden Globes later, but, uh, how are your past, I guess, like, 12 or 13 days? I haven't talked to you guys in a minute. Wow, what a whirlwind. (laughs) Go ahead. I don't know. Maggie, didn't you have (laughs) a fun, a a fun little moment this past couple of days? Oh my gosh, I had a fun little moment yesterday. It was my anniversary. Is that what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And actually, um, so we actually started dating on Leap Day, so technically we'll never have an anniversary until the year 2024. And you'll just be a little baby <laughs> year old. Oh. And I 
um, got the yummiest food yesterday. Um, I had sable fish. Have you guys ever had sable fish? Never even heard of that. Never even heard of it. I had not either. (laughs) I had never heard of it, but it was the, I think it was the best fish I ever had. I was losing my mind. I wanted to eat. Was it a white fish? Yeah. But I don't really love a lot of white fish because of the texture, but this one, like, I felt like I was eating buttery goodness. Mm. <laughs> the best fish I've ever had I was, got, like, like a white fish that was super buttery. And I got tuna tartare, which is my mm. fave. Um, she broke Mark's bank. No, <laughs> just no, kidding, no, Just kidding, just no. kidding. But it was a great day, and yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> that's so fun and romantic and you had the perfect little view from breakfast of your cul-de-sac oh yeah i made us a little i made us a little breakfast and put it put it by the window of our upstairs hallway <laughs> <laughs> kate how was your um last two weeks anything exciting well let me just say small pod tested before <laughs> i went to DC again. Oh yeah. And let's just say I took advantage of my long weekend. So I had a four day weekend. A total. midwinter break, one might say. And oh. so I left on Thursday night. I lost my wallet. You lost your wallet. Oh no. This is just the longest story ever that I don't need to get into. I accidentally dropped my wallet in my basement sink on accident. I didn't know what? I did it. And so I was Wait, looking at that? At everywhere. your apartment? Yes, my apartment. Because I had this whole box of stuff and I brought it downstairs when I was unloading laundry because I didn't want to go upstairs and then back downstairs to get the laundry. And then it was on top of this box and it slipped off and I didn't oh, notice no. and it fell into the sink and it's a very dark sink and it's a dark basement and my wallet's dark and so I didn't see it and then I was like where is my wallet during the work day my mom tore apart my apartment looking for it couldn't find it anywhere and came home and we looked everywhere and I was like oh my gosh like I'm screwed I'm just gonna have a passport and no money and Jacob's gonna have to pay for everything oops <laughs> and um that I finally remembered what may have happened and I found it and then I got to the airport and they were about to close the doors by the time I got there and I got on the plane and it was fine but then I almost missed my connection because they shortened the connection time and it was in Chicago and the Chicago airport's a nightmare. Then I got there but I had a really good weekend, super That's fun. Good. And then and then they let me change my flights for free. So I extended a oh, day yeah, and I texted to work that. and I was like that's so nice. Like, I've been, I was like, I've been subbing for a month, so I'm going to take an extra day. <laughs> and then they were like, okay, that's fine. And then the next day, I missed my flight. Uh, oh. And <laughs> I scheduled an Uber ahead of time, and the Uber man got stuck in traffic on the way to me and ended up oh. being 30 minutes late to me. And so I got there, and they closed the door, and they're like, your bags aren't going to make it. You're not going to make it through TSA in time. You'll have to reschedule to tomorrow. And so I texted the teacher and I was like, hey, bestie, (laughs) I missed my flight. And so I ended up having a six-day trip to D.C., which was perfectly lovely and quite splendid. Jacob and I watched Avengers Endgame. Did you like it? And we watched Birdman. And we watched... No, I don't like Bird... I mean, I love Birdman. That's one of my favorite movies. I don't like Endgame. And I am confident we need to make an episode about either a countdown of the best time travel movies and point out what's 
what bad tropes in movies are, time travel movies are, or have a countdown of the worst time travel movies mm. because Endgame is not the best. Let me Endgame just say that. is the it, my too many plot Endgame? holes. Yes. Well, oh, I was gonna say too many characters. And too many. How characters. are you supposed to make any kind of Can't emotional connection with? A character when they spend three minutes on each one because there's literally 82 characters in it. Yes. I love that YouTube channel that's like everything wrong with, or it's called Movie Sins or something, and he goes through the movie and like counts all Mm. the plot holes and counts them up. And that one, they did a really good one for Endgame for that one. And then also for another movie, but I can't remember what the movie was. Glee. The movie we just (laughs) talked about. Glee has so many plots. It's a movie we just talked about. I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, I did that, and that was fun. And now I'm Guys, we won't have to be saying. And it was Dr. Seuss oh, Day yeah. today, who has a problematic history, but I did dress up as a Lorax. <laughs> well, at least you are well, a good at least character. Well, Lorax is a good um, I, I'm an environmentalist man. character. Kate is an environmentalist. I speak for the trees. I speak for the trees. Yeah, you're here first. <laughs> That's what Delorex says. I decided what is, is Doctor Seuss anti-Semitic or something? I think is that he was. Throwback yeah. to when he was a bit. I think he was a tad of a eugenicist. Oh no! Throwback to when um Taylor Swift was in the Lorax movie. Did you guys yeah. know that? Really? Yeah, she's a voice. She was, yeah. And Zac Efron. Yeah. And Danny oh, DeVito yeah. was the titular Lorax. And actually, Taylor Swift <laughs> and Taylor Swift taught. Um, Zach Efron had to play the guitar, and then they went on Ellen, and they sang Pumped Up Kicks together. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, wait, Cam, how was your week? Oh, it was good. That would have been a perfect transition, but we need to go over Cam's week. Um, it's just been pretty normal stuff, I feel like. Um, I feel like everyone here, left and right, has been getting the vaccine, and then if you guys, did you see Biden's report today saying that we're all going to be vaccinated by the yeah. end of May? That's so exciting. Well, this this amazing news with uh, Johnson & Johnson, one shot one, is going to expedite the process, so we'll all be like, less right. efficacy. What? Doesn't the Johnson & Johnson one only protect 70-something percent? Yeah, but I keep saying efficacy. people saying that that's still good for a vaccine, even though it doesn't yeah. sound good. And like I'm just gonna say that I'm in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all zero percent mortality rate anyways. So. Also let me tell you that we're, none of us are healthcare experts. <laughs> and let me also say fact. that I heard on NPR, which I also am a guest on NPR time. <laughs> um I heard that the vaccine the moderna and pfizer are not doing a very good job protecting against the new south african strain Great. of covid that is more serious so um let's just hope i don't come in contact with that one <laughs> well aye, aye. let's hope this summer that we can do another live pod which we've never actually done another uh, in-person another podcast a first we can we can do it in a theater and have all our fans there yeah oh. yeah all of our fans our, 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 our culties <laughs> well as you guys just said i'm trying to transition now into culture of the week is that taylor swift is in the lorax and you know what else taylor swift did today <laughs> She got on Twitter oh, yeah. and she typed and she it's did a little, little typing and she said, Netflix, you're sexist. Yeah. And uh, does anyone have any background on that story? Okay. So, what well, what? Ginny what? and something. Georgia. <laughs> I've never heard of this show ever until this moment. So we clearly it had a major impact. Yeah. Ginny and Georgia. It, it's, 
It's pretty high up there on Netflix. It's like number one in whatever. I wonder but, um, if it's up there because she tweeted about it because I never heard about it until she no, tweeted. No, it was a couple days ago we were looking through Netflix for something to watch. But the thing is, I'm not sure that I thought that was supposed to be a negative th- like thing in the show. Like they weren't praising her for saying that. And I thought that was like a bad character saying that. Oh, so it was supposed to be bad. For context, a character said a joke. I'm paraphrasing, but being like, you go through boys like Taylor Swift in 2010 or something like that, because that was a common criticism of Taylor Swift that she had a lot of boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Right. Which she didn't, to be clear. Um, well, she had a lot compared to me. But it's a common... <laughs> in 2010. That's true. Same, I was... When Maggie was 12 years I old. No, I mean me I compared, 12, to, yeah. compared to me in my entire life. Oh, okay. Yeah. But for celebrities, like, male celebrities go through more than she does. Like, True. nobody ever makes that comment and about also, John Mayer cares? and Sheeran it's or anything just, because they sing about cares? their exes. It's just... It's it a just common doesn't matter. It's a... S- that we progressed joke. past and yeah. she was very upset about it because she felt like we had progressed past it and she has become the butt of many unfair sexist jokes um and she was especially mad because netflix her produced netflix, yeah. her documentary miss americana which I mean, highlights a lot of those problems, and then they turn around and green light something with this kind of dialogue. So she's upset. I have a theory I, about this. I don't know. But, she's trying um, to get rid of her Netflix deal so she can be exclusively on Netflix, uh, Netflix Plus, Disney Plus. Yeah, you beat my. Um, was that really your yeah. theory? Because I she's she's partnered with Disney Plus now. She's basically moving there's, over to Disney Plus. Yeah, mm-hmm. but there's no way she's gonna get those off of there when they produce it no and it's just miss americana and the reputation like stadium tour that's on there but i don't know how long those deals go like i don't they didn't produce the reputation stadium world tour they just Um, bought it i'm pretty sure but um yeah it was just a dumb joke by the show in general i think they probably weren't even thinking that much about it yeah i agree stupid like date it was it's a dated joke too because she's been dating the same guy for like five years or whatever yeah mm-hmm. it's like okay it was lazy lazy, lazy but also comedy. i saw this lazy writing yeah i saw this lady tweet she's she like pretends to be um writers on different shows and she's like she was like being sassy about this and then taylor swift fans thought she was being serious and somebody um dm'd her i hope you choke and die <gasps> like, like swifties are horrible swifties are crazy. crazy i know this is what rubs me so wrong about swifties like i would really? never do that and then they and then she didn't answer and then um they re- responded okay i just saw that you said this was um you weren't actually serious but still watch what you say <laughs> wow wow that's funny um, um I feel like the list, our culture list of the week is going to be, like, pretty quick to get through. Not our culture list. I mean, our countdown of the week will get through quickly. But I do feel like we have a lot of culture to go over. Am I wrong? I feel like that's kind of been the theme for a few weeks now is that our countdowns have been taking. You know, when culture comes, we have to take advantage. We can't skip over culture. We are the culture countdown. Culture comes before countdowns. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Speaking of other pop stars. We had a really sad occurrence this week, and I, it's kind what? of, res- part of it what? is resolved. What? Gaga's what? dogs. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so. Yeah. 
I woke up, I think it was a week ago now. It was either Monday or Tuesday of last week. Um, to uh, Maggie maybe sent it to me that Gaga's dogs were stolen when her dog walker was taking them on a walk and the dog walker was shot in critical condition which is absolutely insane it's insane I'm pretty sure from reading his I don't know I don't know where they were I think LA I don't know Mm -hmm. Um, but reading I read her dog walkers uh, he might be an assistant I don't know I'm just gonna call him the dog walker but I read his message um, that he put out a few days ago, and he said it made it sound like there were three dogs and that they only took two of them. Yeah, I think that's what happened. So the other dog ran back to to be with him. Yeah, it was in L.A., you're right. So the dog Asia Aww. went back yes. and, like, Doggies. comforted him when he was yelling out for help after he was shot. Yeah, and apparently a lot of people, like, were mm-hmm. quick to help him, which was good. But um, mm-hmm. since then, the dogs have been found. She had issued a $500,000 reward to bring the dogs back, and um, they have been found, which is great. Um, however, this is just, like, the most vile thing in the entire world. Like, who would steal someone's dogs and shoot a did dog walker? Did they find who did it? Um, I don't think so, but also I'm not 100% sure. All I know is that the dog walker is doing well, better. Well, the dogs are back. You yeah, said the that dogs are back, right. yes. They were found, like, tied to a pole. Because she paid a ransom, right? To no, the kidnapper? No, she, she didn't pay ransom. She gave that to the people that returned it them to her so aren't the people who returned the dogs to her the people who stole the dogs no random people found them on a pole and then why then what was the point of all of that i don't know that's my understanding i don't know if that's what actually happened i heard about this yesterday i didn't hear about this until yesterday Wow. and i was the radio was playing where i was i was at my parents storage unit trying to get something and they have the radio playing there at all times for some reason and it's like the pop radio, and the guys are like, "Did you guys hear about this? That Lady Gaga's dogs were, her dog was shot, and her dogs are stolen." Anyway, here's bad romance, and then <laughs> just started playing romance, and I was like, "Oh, that's." They could have played Joanne, maybe a little bit I more know. fitting of the mood. <laughs> Tell me something, boy. <laughs> so, um, can I that say was a piece of culture? Of course. Mm-hmm. Um. It's not exactly something that happened, but it's a trend on TikTok that we've all Oh, I was going to ask you to talk about this, Maggie. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't get this I as much as you guys. So much. I hate it so much. So, as many of you may know, we are actually Gen Zers. <laughs> we're TikTok. Fans. We're Zillennials, which I've learned is a term um, that's coming now, but... We're not Zillennials. We're in Gen Z. I know, but there, there, people on TikTok are trying to call like the five years between Gen Z and Millennial Zillennials, which I'm like, no. We're Zillennials. We bought a zoo. <laughs> Kate. <laughs> Anyways, there's this trend going around where Millennials will. Okay. Mm, Millennials okay. are trying to hold onto their style from what, whenever, and they're being so stupid about it. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I have so many millennials that I love dearly, and they're not all dumb. <laughs> but yes. these videos... Hashtag that, not all millennials. <laughs> these videos that they're making are like, oh, nobody can ever take away my side parts and skinny jeans. Mm-hmm. You were in diapers when I, like, it's, they're so silly. And then Do you I remember saw, 9-11? I didn't think so, Gen Z. <laughs> Kate, were you the one that sent me the one about 
M&M. M&M. Yeah. Yes. Can we also take oh my God. a minute to talk about how Kate was, um, was giving up TikTok for Lent and that didn't <laughs> finish. No, I'm cutting this out. <laughs> I'm cutting this out. I'm cutting this out. Jacob doesn't know. <laughs> oh, my God. I was he doesn't say. listen. And you know what? I'll take the chance that he won't listen and I'll leave this in and see if he busts me. Jacob, this oh, is your test. <laughs> Anyways. I sent this TikTok to Maggie about a millennial complaining, as always. Oh, um, well, the, the TikTok Kate sent me was um, a girl saying, I heard that Gen Zers are now trying to cancel Eminem. Are you kidding me? And then she did this whole, did she do a rap? Yeah, she made her own okay, rap. She made her own <laughs> rap about how, how millennials are cooler. Let um, me tell you, Gen Z, and she was trying to rap fast like Eminem. You'll never cancel him. He's a first of us. He raps really fast, unlike your rappers. Da 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 da. And also, what? guess what? I think he's one person who's okay to cancel because he is, in fact, known for um, homophobic slurs and mm, etc. Remember at the Oscars when he randomly started? Um, he just came out and sang that "Lose was Yourself." So random. There's yes. no explanation. Um, but Weird. anyways. But anyway, Remem- I hate this trend, and I think it needs to end. It's making everyone look foolish. I hate Nobody this trend, cares. and it needs to end. Nobody's saying side parts aren't cool. Some people can wear side parts if they want. Mm-hmm. I do. You look yes. gorgeous, Maggie. And I look good. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Jacob has a side part. Um, I have no one of The teachers I work with, they... Literally, this one teacher I work with, she's in her 40s, and she looks at me today up and down, and I'm like, what the heck? And I'm wearing these Levi jeans that are, like, just straight leg. They're not skinny. They kind of flare at the bottom, but they're, like, ankle length. She just looks me up and down, and I was like, what the heck? And then I was like, hey. And she was like, I have a bone to pick with your generation. (gasps) And I was like, I was like, this is about the jeans, isn't it? I straight up to the turn. I was like, this is about the jeans. And she was like, Yeah. She goes, why do you guys have to bring that into style? And I was like, I was like, I don't care. Like, I own skinny jeans. I think all jeans are cute. I was just, like, being nice. I was like, I think all jeans are cute. Like, it depends on your body type. It's flattering. She's like, yeah. And then she was like, my calves are the, she's like, I'm a mom. My calves are the only skinny part left of me. I'm trying to accentuate those. So I want skinny jeans. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Good for you, girl. I was like, sorry. I just personally don't think, I think. Um, a little bit looser jeans look better on everyone, honestly. I agree. Okay, well, you're hating on my skinny but, um, jeans. Well, no, no. I think yours look good. But I have been trying to do a little bit of a looser know. fit. It's It's been a hard tra- um, a hard transition, but I'm trying. It's like You should go full bell bottom, s- like Harry Styles. Millennials also wore low-rise jeans, which are heinous in a lot of ways and look bad on most people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know what? You're just picking and choosing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was so, I was cracking up that she called me out on that today after, like, we have been complaining about it for the past week. And I was like, I'm definitely going to bring this up to Maggie. That's so funny. She just gave me a good up and down. And I was like, okay, what? Are you going to, like, make a comment or just look at me like that? She's like, I have a bone to pick with your generation. And I was like, okay. Sit down, lady. Sit down. Be humble. Um, sit down. Be humble. Sit be down. Be humble. Sit down. <laughs> um, if you don't know that video, you're missing out. Oh, that needs to be and on you our know culture what else? list. Oh, yes. Um, that is... Our culture list is growing so quickly. Kate, it's all you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 
Um, but anyways, so I had a dream, and Paul Bettany was in it. That's good. Oh, and this is a good transition. Yeah, I actually had this dream that my kids really wanted to drop off some cookies. The kids that I teach wanted to drop off some cookies to the FBI. (laughs) And so I took them to the FBI, the gate, and I knocked on it. And I was like, hello, I have some cookies. (laughs) And then this man in a suit and a little name tag that said FBI shows up and he looks just like Paul Bettany and I give him the cookies. I was like, does anybody tell you look like Paul Bettany? <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Do both of you guys think Paul Bettany is attractive? Oh, yes. yes. Okay, I have to make sure I'm thinking of the right person because I've only watched one episode of However, so. part of me thinks that he's hotter as Vision than he is as a human. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I, I've seen, I remember seeing him in things like when he was younger too and I always thought he was cute. Like in Night's Tale and He stuff. gives me a good like, he gives me like Donald Gleason vibes. Oh, wow. I totally. can't agree. I don't think he's ugly, but I don't think he's hot. You... You have to watch him in something. You I have. I have him. seen you him in a lot. You watch him in an interview where he has his, like, posh outfit and his, his little tinted so yellow sexy. sunglasses. I do like his voice. He has a great he's, voice. He has a very sexy voice. And he's married to, what's her name? Jennifer Connelly. Yes, Jennifer Connelly. A very attractive couple, I might, I must say. He said his first celebrity crush is Jennifer Connelly and then he married her. I know, her. in Labyrinth. Yes, great movie. What That's have so I cute. seen him in? I don't I know. Seen him in I've seen else. him in a really lot. In a, have you seen a knight's a knight's tale? Anyone? No. Anyone? I'm gonna find oh. what I've seen him in okay. while you guys talk about Wanda. Well, you know who was in? You know who was in my dream last night? Who? Wanda? No, Hunter Schaefer. Oh. <laughs> From Euphoria. Euphoria. Yeah. We were um fighting bad guys. Oh. I am adding two things that we need to talk about, in a, in my <laughs> mind. <laughs> Okay. Well, we're going on almost 30 minutes and we're not even through the culture. So as we were talking about Paul Bettany, Maggie, are you caught up on WandaVision? Yes. I'm caught up on WandaVision. Cameron is on episode two. (laughs) Okay. I don't think we're going to spoil anything, right? We don't need to spoil anything. If we need to spoil something, we can just tell Cam. I just want to say, I think of... Marvel adults the same way I think of Disney adults. I think and Potter fans. Millennial or men. Potterheads, yeah. yes. I think mm-hmm. of all of these people as nerdy adults who are detached from reality and who care too much. Like, I don't want to judge them because if it brings them joy, then, like, so be it. That's fine for them. But they all kind of have the but same there's vibe. A... They're, like, yes. obsessive. And there's a stereotype of a lot of the Marvel guys being, yes. like, misogynist yeah. and things. So I grew up with Iron Man. Like, I grew up, I think I was maybe 14 when Iron Man came out. And ever since then, like, there's been a steady release of Marvel movies and unveiling of superheroes. Mm-hmm. And now, finally, we you were 10. Avengers. And was I 10? You were probably 11 yes. then, Kate, because you're older than us. But oh, I think I, I didn't watch it in theaters, though. I think my dad rented it and we watched it. Mm. Um, but I do have, like, my dad and I, I grew up going to these movies with my dad. Like, all throughout high school and middle school, we would always go to these movies together. We're so excited for it. But I feel like as a part of cinema as a film I don't think it's that rich but I also feel like I kind of take advantage or take for granted I mean how much they accomplish like Marvel accomplished through these movies right. and like how film changed and how like the box office changed because of them 
Um, right. So I want to say that I'm not as invested in the movies. However, I decided to watch WandaVision after waiting for a very long time and thinking that it was going to be too confusing and I would have to pick up on too much and that was going to be like a headache. However, I decided to watch it anyway because everyone's talking about it and it is the best thing Marvel has ever done. It is so creative it's so entertaining, and I feel like they put a lot of care and thought into this in a way that they haven't in the past. Mm-hmm. That appeals to I, a different subset of people who normally, totally. like, an additional subset of people who otherwise wouldn't be that invested in the Avengers and the MCU. Right. And it's and it's exactly like you said. It doesn't make it so you need to know every... It has, like, a really good exposition, I guess, like, to explain mm-hmm. the backstories without mm-hmm. really, like having to explain every little thing. And I agree. I think it's my favorite um, um, Marvel thing is still Iron Man, the first one they really did in this new wave. And I think it's the best thing since that. It was so new. Like, you'd never seen anything like it, really. It was just, like, it was building. It was, like, creating this universe. Yeah. I have only watched one episode, so I can't speak too much of it. But I also think just the casting of people like Catherine Hahn Mm -hmm. and, like, Elizabeth Olsen, like, that's a little bit outside of their normal (laughs) casting. They're not getting, like, these huge action movie stars. And I think that's cool. And, like, we'll just speak to different people. We'll wait until you see who else they've cast, who are in other movies um, in smaller parts. But that's what I really appreciate, too. Like, they've really gone out of the box – Mm-hmm. And done, like, not huge actors that they normally rely on. Right. Which is interesting. And also, just everyone loves Elizabeth Olsen. I think oh she's amazing. Oh, my gosh. She's, she's like, perfect. one of the best actresses of our time. If you haven't seen, what's that movie we're obsessed with, Maggie? Wind River. Wind you River, You have to watch yeah. it. Even though Jeremy Renner's kind of a joke, it's very good. And it has Wanda and It has Wanda. Hawkeye. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but it's one of my favorite movies, and she's in that. Hawkeye, and let's just say Hawkeye is one of the worst superheroes. He's not even a superhero. He doesn't have He's any powers. Lame. He just is cat He's just good at art trees. <laughs> He's, He's just a cat <laughs> Hawkeye is Katniss. Title he of that. He literally is a worse yeah. Katniss. <laughs> um... Well, speaking but, of, yeah. are you guys done talking about WandaVision? I didn't mean to step on your combo. Yeah, I just want to say it is, it's great, and we love it, and yeah, I can't stop thinking it. about it. I can't. That's all I think and about. And the songs in it are so good. I won't I say know. the one. That would spoil something. I've been wanting to sing it around the house. Me and too. finally, Assault just watched the episode that has that song in it, and I'm like, oh my god, I can finally sing the song now. <laughs> yes. Um, so speaking of other things that, we've watched maggie and i watched a movie not together but separately we both watched nomad land which just won Mm -hmm. best picture drama at the golden globes i would say it's probably the front runner to win best picture at the oscars um Mm -hmm. i thought yeah i thought it was great like i completely Mm -hmm. understand the hype it wasn't my favorite movie in the entire world and i didn't think it was going to be it's a little bit slower than a movie that Mm -hmm. i would normally love but i just thought it was beautifully directed i thought the story was so cool all of the real people that were playing themselves but like real people actors in the movie were Mm -hmm. had amazing stories yeah though that was my favorite part by far um i thought it was great too yeah and i i definitely felt like it touched an emotional place for me but i imagine if you're watching this as like a middle-aged person Mm -hmm. Like, it would hit super, super hard. Yeah. And it was just, like, mm-hmm. gorgeously shot. I, they went to, like, beautiful places in the U.S., usually, like, or south, mm-hmm. southwest. Um, and Chloe Zhao did a, a fantastic job. And you can just tell that she's going to, like, make a, a 
bunch of great movies moving forward. What else did she direct? Never, rarely, sometimes, always? No, that that was Eliza Hittman. She directed The Rider, and I believe that's her only feature, but she's doing Eternals for Marvel, which is a great sign. And then she is also working on something (laughs) else, but I can't remember what it's called. Um, but it's exciting because I think she's pretty much a lock for best direction, best director at the Oscars. Unless something funky happens, yeah. I really don't think so. It's such. This is like the Oscars ideal thing. I feel like this kind of movie. Yeah, they just Mm -hmm. die over it. Um, What kind of what movie would you compare it to? Like maybe tonally and mm, pacing. A little bit like that. It's like a better version of that Reese Witherspoon movie Wild, where the yeah. Like, it's all based on outdoors, and it's, like, pretty much focused on one person. I think that Frances McDormand's character makes a little bit more of, like, interpersonal relationships, but it is very much focused on her and her story, and it's a lot about, like, just watching her do things. She, there's not a ton, a ton of dialogue. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, definitely like that wild movie that Reese Witherspoon was in. Yeah, or any kind of, like, What about Into nature? the Wild? I've never based seen that. on the book. It's based on the I... book about that he ended up dying out there right yes. mm-hmm. i think it's, it's probably movie. similar to that i've only seen bits of that movie <laughs> it's by written by john krakauer oh another right. movie that i wanted to touch on real quick neither of you watched it but i watched malcolm and marie which is the new um oh, i still need to watch that sam levinson movie starring zendaya and john david washington completely shot during quarantine um it was good it definitely was not as good as nomadland um and you could just tell it just felt like, it needed a good amount of edits still to the script, into the story, into the plot. Basically, mm-hmm. it's just about, it's one night that takes place entirely in this house after John David Washington's character's movie d- premieres, and they're basically just arguing back and forth. Um, the way I describe it to you guys, and I think is, like, a pretty good way to describe it, is that it's kind of like the movie Marriage Story, but you take, like, the stakes out of it. So, like, you don't really understand the backstory and you don't have any empathy, really, for either of these characters because you didn't get to see anything that came before or anything that will come after. So it's basically kind of just, like, baseless arguing. And there's Mm -hmm. great performances in it, but it is a little strange. Um, I don't think that this is Zendaya's time for an Oscar and I don't even think she's like close mm-hmm. but I don't even think really she should get an Oscar nom for this I think it was a great performance but she's gonna do better work in the future and she does do better work in Euphoria how is John mm-hmm. David Washington's performance compared to his performance in Tenet because he's a newer actor it's very different because it's so talky like Tenet does not have a lot mm-hmm. of dialogue he and barely had any dialogue yeah so it's yeah. like a completely different side to him which is really cool to see he plays like an asshole like his character is just not like he's just not nice and that's kind of like the whole premise of the movie is he's kind of like shitting on Zendaya the entire time or his character mm-hmm. is um but he does a good job with the dialogue, and it's a lot of fast-paced yelling. Like, they would both do well in a Sorkin movie, basically. Is... Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. They would. You love to just make references so, to Sorkin. <laughs> what that reminds me of, there's this there's this play called Blackbird, I believe, and it was on Broadway with Jeff Daniels, who's one of my favorites, and I think Carrie Mulligan. Oh, wow. Um, it was either Carrie Mulligan. I always get her mixed up with this other blonde actress. I'll um, look it up while you talk. In. Yeah. Um, it's called Blackbird, and it's based on this girl goes and finds her f- parents' family friend that she grew up with who sexually abused her, and she goes and tracks him down at his work, and the dialogue is entirely in, like, an office 
lounge room and it's just going back and forth on what happened in her childhood because he basically groomed her and it's very powerful and emotional but it all happens in this one setting and it's very dialogue it's michelle williams is who you're thinking of michelle williams i always get them mixed up for some reason and you know who's also in it is the girl from beetlejuice that sings my favorite song (laughs) that sings dead mom Mm -hmm. sophia ann caruso oh um but cam do you want to talk about some of the criticisms that what's his name the director of oh sam levinson yeah. yeah. So Sam Levinson. I wanted to call him Sam Richardson, but it's definitely not him. No. Sam Levinson is the son of Barry Levinson, who's a really well respected and famed director a little bit before our time. I would say he probably hit his prime in like the 70s and 80s, Maggie. A little before our time. Sam Levinson? Barry Levinson. Oh. Let me see. Um, but. So basically, he is a white man, and he writes... Yeah, he's definitely in the... Eight- Barry Levinson was 80s, 90s. Okay. Um, but Sam Levinson is a white man, and specifically his biggest work that he's done is Euphoria, and he doesn't get a lot of criticism for this, which I think is interesting. Um, but, you know, Euphoria is a very, like, diverse story. T- I mean, there's a lot of, like, diverse stories going on, so you have, like... Zendaya's character, who's a black young woman who's struggling with addiction, and you have Hunter Schaefer's character, who is a trans woman who is dealing with, like, a lot of the struggles of being trans and being in high school, and then you have a lot of, like, female-centric stories. There's not a... There's a little bit of male-centric stories, and, like, the one big one is Jacob Ellardy, who is, like, struggling with his sexuality. And so you presumably have this straight white man who is writing and directing these stories about all these different facets of, like, diversity. Basically... Sam Levinson is a white man that's telling all of these other people's stories. And I think I don't mean to criticize him because I think he de- generally does a good job at it, but it is interesting that he's the one telling these stories and writing these stories and directing these stories behind the scenes when he really isn't super qualified to be writing or telling these stories. I don't know. And th- there was also criticism of Malcolm Marie because it's two black people that are telling these stories. And a lot of it is centered around like, how do we treat black filmmakers and, mm-hmm. and black actresses and, or black, you know, people in the industry. And he's a white man that's telling these stories. I just think it's fascinating. And there was a lot of criticism of Malcolm Marie for that, but there isn't as much for euphoria. I think that makes sense that there's less criticism for Euphoria since it's such a big cast and and he didn't write it all. There was female writers involved in writing okay. Euphoria. Um, I I think men can direct females when they're telling female stories, like um, and vice versa. Um, but I do get it with Malcolm and Marie. Definitely, it seems a little more strange mm-hmm. that. Well, doesn't he criticize, in the script, don't they criticize Barry Jenkins, the director of Moonlight? I didn't think it's really a, the whole thing is like, he's upset that he's only getting compared to people like Spike Lee and Barry Jenkins who are black directors, Mm -hmm. and he wants to be, he wants to be compared to white directors too. To be clear, John David Washington's character in Malcolm Memory. Yes, 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 yes. And, um, so I, I didn't really see it as criticism, but also maybe I missed it. So I don't want to say anything. I can't... Who was saying this? I can't remember what I was listening to. It was either Las Culturistas or um, Big Picture was talking about this criticism. Or maybe it was just on TikTok. I don't remember. That he is using, like Cam said, Sam Levinson is using black actors' 
and using his own script and taking advantage essentially of black actors being able to criticize other black directors that he has personal beef with behind the scenes Mm. and allegedly he has beef with barry jenkins who directed moonlights and i don't remember the full story but this is a criticism that sam levinson's been getting because he is kind of taking advantage of minorities um by writing things that he wants them to say which i think opens a huge can Mm -hmm. of worms and i don't know if it's a valid criticism or not but i do think it's worth yeah i just want to say too like i don't i think like euphoria is like does so well because it's really well written it's well directed it's very well stylized and i think the performances that the actors give are incredible and i don't mean to like criticize him i do Mm -hmm. think like you can tell stories that are not your own i just think that he is dipping into a lot of waters and I think that that can get murky at some point, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it it's definitely weird that um, he's writing these words about the black experience yeah. for mm-hmm. right black characters specifically. To say. Yeah, I I have to wonder if he was writing like I would hope he was writing it with the assistance or input of black writers as well but i don't know sam levinson basically said like he trusted john david washington and zendaya to say like hey this is not what i like my character would say and they've kind of stood up Mm -hmm. for him to this criticism so far but um so you know listen to the people that worked on it rather than just critics but that is a common criticism of him See, now that op that opens up another (laughs) problem that i have is that i feel like that's putting the that's putting undue burden on black actors mm-hmm. who are already getting less work than white actors to stand up to someone who has a power dynamic over them right. to say, I mean, unless it, he was very open well, about John it. Well, John David Washington like, and Zendaya were producers. I want to clarify that. They're producers on the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Because I was going to say, that's kind of putting undue burden on someone right. who's in a lower position. Just not a lower position, but, you know, like as a actor you're listening to the director and to give right. him feedback and say "Ooh, this is not written correctly kind of puts a weird i agree dynamic, yeah. or kind of plays with a weird yeah. dynamic i feel like that might be uncomfortable I, but i also I, am speaking I, for the black experience now so <laughs> i'm gonna stop <laughs> i haven't heard a lot of what um zendaya or john david washington have had to say about this but it mm-hmm. seems like from what i've heard they've been sticking yeah. up for him so i'd like mm-hmm. to hear more about like why they think um it's okay and good so overall is cam you're saying is that the movie probably should have done a little bit more background information storytelling just felt like it needed more preparation to actually do the movie it didn't feel like the idea was fully like developed and thought about and edited enough yeah yeah it was pretty quickly put out it was yeah i love the idea and i thought that i mean it's two of two great actors it's an interesting idea, kind of like a bottle episode almost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But needs some more development. Definitely. Hmm. I have. I need to watch it. I watched Minari this week, and it's Oh, amazing. I can't wait to watch it. Oh, it's I can't on. Wait. Apparently, it's available to like buy on iTunes, like rent on iTunes or Amazon now. So I think I will be doing that this week. Mm. I will too. That looks right up my alley, and I love Stephen. Let's save that for next week's, because then we'll all watch it. Yeah. Um, it was really good, and the little boy in it is he's so, so he's cute. So um, but now that we're on the topic of, is there a little girl yeah, in it too? She's really cute too. 
now that we're on the topic of movies, we can get into the Golden Globes a little bit. Wait, no, I have oh. two more mo- moments sorry. of culture. Sorry, But sorry. they're quick. I'm okay. so sorry. We're at the 45-minute mark, and we're still talking about culture, <laughs> but Army, Army Hammer. Oh, Army Hammer update. Army Hammer update. Army Hammer, friend of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, Yikes. He's a common topic of our podcast army hammer moved out of his la home quietly silently like a little mouse in the middle of the night and oh, wow. army, army that was what is that was going the story on? until paparazzi went by and took a picture of the trash that he left on the curb from <gasps> his move and found a female mannequin sticking out of the trash that was tied up in rope no now, what yes. the hell would he do? Do you think somebody? Yes. I feel like that? it might be planted by that paparazzi, be, especially yeah. after watching the Britney doc. Mm-hmm. Because that seems literally. Why would he do that? That's it. Yeah. Like at least t- untie it and put it in there. <laughs> like, for God's sake. And this guy's either so stupid or that was a paparazzi setup. Not saying, not saying he's not an absolute creep, but that just seems like a stupid move. I have two more quick things to say. So. <laughs> Sally Rooney, who wrote Normal People, yeah. we love on the podcast. We um, love. She also wrote Conversation with Friends, which I have started, and it's a very, very good book. Like, I was speeding through it this weekend. It's so good. But that's also being made into a movie, and Joe Alwyn, <gasps> his boyfriend, yes. but actor oh. Joe Alwyn, was cast as the male lead in that. Joe Alwyn Nick. from The Favorite, wasn't he? I don't in know, the if, I'm a, yes, I don't know the if I'm a big fan of his. Do you guys I like I haven't seen him act like... enough. I've, I've only seen him seen like, in The Favorite. Yeah, same. And he played kind of a shitty character in The Favorite, didn't he? Yeah. He played it well, so. <laughs> um, and then the other piece of information is going back to the movie My Policeman that Harry Styles was just cast in, which is back in what? Is it the 1800s or early 1900s? Maybe early 1900s or something. It's set back then um, where he, Harry Styles, is married to a woman but is having a, an affair with a man. Oh, yes. This movie. And the man, Harry Styles, just followed Paul Mezcal on Instagram. What? And followed the female lead. And Paul said he was interested in playing the male. And so they think that they're going to cast Paul Mezcal as That's Harry a dream. Styles. That's a dream. That's a dream. That oh is absolutely Paul Mezcal is from Normal People, guys. If who Paul was also Mezcal rumored to be dating Styles. Phoebe Bridgers. Wow. So many connections. I'm so excited. I really hope that's true. The thing for that play, Blackbird, was up. Uh-huh. Oh, my thing. And there's actually a movie adaptation that I actually watched. Oh, fun. There's a movie. Oh, it's called Una, right? With Mara. Yeah, and it was so creepy and It was really, really unsettling. Hard to watch. Did you watch that? I did watch it. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, it was very strange. Riz Ahmed's in it, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very small role. Yeah, that's all I had to say. <laughs> yes. Okay. I love Rooney Disturbing. Mara, Are we ready to okay. talk about Golden we Globes? We are finally ready to talk about the Globes. The GGs. Okay, so we won't, like, harp too much into, like, winners, losers, all of that. I mean, Nomadland won Best Picture, Drama, and Best Director. So that presumably launches it in headfirst into the Best Picture frontrunner. Um, the biggest surprise was Andre Day won, um, best actress in a drama, which mm-hmm. she wasn't really even thought to be in contention at all. People thought it was Carrie Mulligan versus Viola Davis versus Frances McDormand. So that is going to be interesting moving forward. Um, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey hosted, which was good. Like they, I, they don't do bad things in my opinion, but it, 
the Golden Globes as a whole, they just couldn't save it. It was it was yeah. boring. Um, yes. The Zoom of it all was it's just... what we call dead on arrival. Yeah, and th- I thought their opening monologues were really good, and they really roasted the HFPA as they should have. Yeah. And um, they had a funny joke about Emily in Paris, too, and they were saying, French exit, that's what I did after watching the first episode of Emily in Paris. <laughs> right. <laughs> which was so great. Funny. But, um... Yeah, I thought it just, it went a long time, and I was live-tweeting the entire thing frantically, and I still thought it was very long. So, um... To the it, listeners, um, the HFPA is the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which is the voting body for the Golden Globes. Yes, it's 87 journalists. Um, <laughs> yes, a very small number of... Well, we'll get into this. <laughs> yeah, but I just had, before we get into our countdown, I wanted to say... This is about, this is looking forward to the Oscars. I um, found this guy on Twitter who does like Oscar predictions based on statistics. And so. Yeah, I know that guy. Oh, you do? <laughs> oh, yeah. What's his name? Nate Silver? The It's called Ben's Oscar Math, was, is what um, I hope it. I hope I someone understood that joke. <laughs> I did. I got it. Um, okay. I hope someone laughed at it then. So the two things that he tweeted. Oh that I thought were interesting was he saying basically that each of the last 10 winners of Golden Globe for best comedy slash musical, so they split up comedy and musical and drama, have gone on to Mm -hmm. be nominated for best picture, which means that Borat, subsequent movie film, will be nominated for best picture. And how do you guys feel Mm -hmm. about that? Wait, no, no, no. Yes. Not every movie that was nominated for comedy and musical and drama has been nominated for one. Best. Co- Why do you think it will be Borat? Because yeah, it won. Be okay, I'll re-say it. At, for the last oh, ten years, say it to me like I'm five years old. <laughs> for the last ten years, the movie that won best comedy drama or comedy musical has also been nominated for best picture at the Oscars, which would mean that Borat would be nominated for best picture at the Oscars. That's fine. So what was that last year? Last it year Jojo it was. Um, ooh, I don't think it was Jojo Rabbit, but it might have been. It was Green Book two years ago. I was looking at all of them. That's not a musical. One comedy. Yeah, it's comedy or musical. It wasn't considered a drama. Oh my gosh, I hate that's like The Martian. I hate that crap. We're gonna get into that too. There's like three jokes in it, and then you say it's a comedy because it doesn't have the chops to win as a drama. It's crap. I hate it. Yeah. Actually, I'm really interested by it, but I think it's cheap. Um, what won last year? What won last year? It wasn't Borat, because that won this year. It was... Also, the original Borat came out in, like, 2005. <laughs> um, it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which is and also not a comedy. comedy. And the year before that was Green Book. year before that was Lady Bird. Bullshit. Comedy, Lady Bird. Oh, because we laughed once. Okay. Um, so... That's just interesting because it's not on a lot of people's radar that Borat will be nominated. Borat subsequent movie film will be nominated for mm-hmm. Best Picture, but could happen. Um, okay. Honestly, they need to count how many times a theater laughs before they're allowed <laughs> to put it in the comedy category. Because or you have to have a number of songs. Win. There needs to be a threshold. Yeah. But Borat is a true comedy, I would say. It's not like pretending oh, to be yeah, something yeah, yeah. else. But the other ones, yeah, that's, that's a, category yes. fraud. Okay, so this is the other stat that I wanted to talk about. So, Nomadland won Best Drama. Since the Golden Globes started in the 1940s, 49% of the winners in that category have gone on to win Best Picture at the Oscars, which gives Nomadland a pretty good chance because there's not really any comedy or musicals that are going to make a run for it. 
to to hmm. win best picture at the oscars so wait but what about dramas that would make a run for it against nomad yeah. yeah i think well i was just saying that because sometimes you have a comedy or a musical like green book which is not a comedy or musical but it won in that category to go on and win the best picture at the oscars mm. So. I hope the movie music is nominated. <laughs> oh gosh! But Which, did you hear them say they said like they were talking about how offensive that was? Amy and Tina were. Yeah, the only person they're that like, could, an extremely problematic film. Like they were. The only person that they could get to um, introduce that movie was Kate <laughs> Hudson, who's in the movie. Who was in a movie? Yeah, because <laughs> nobody else wants to stand and up. I was and like, be like watching yeah. her introduce. I was watching her introduce it, and I'm like, why is she so confidently introducing it? It's literally... she's not... She doesn't have the acting chops. Sorry. Sorry, Kate. Um, But now we're going to do a quick little countdown of... The Golden Globes are not our favorite, but they're fun. We like award shows. Um, The Golden Globes is a mess, and we're going to keep hating on it because our countdown is the top five worst thing about the Golden Globes. Worst things about the Golden Globes. Worst things. So, let's start at number five, shall we? Shall. We shall. I actually don't know what number five shall is. We I shall. don't have this in Why order. Why don't we start with the thing that happened at the beginning of the Golden Globes? Okay. Go ahead, Maggie. Well, number five was something specific to this particular globe, which was the technical difficulties of it all. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which was so mortifying to watch, honestly. Like, I was cringing so hard the first award given out to daniel kaluuya who won what best, best supporting actor best, best supporting actor in a drama no they in just drama. they just group all those together oh yes, yeah you're right. i know i, I get know, confused you know, but it was it, it was in a drama Sorry. you can't deny it Cameron. i can't it was in, um what was the movie called? judas and the black again? messiah judas and the black messiah. In judas and the black messiah and laura dern comes out announces the winner his Zoom is up on the screen, and you can hear absolutely nothing. And then poor Laura Dern has to say, oh, so it looks like we're having this. It was so awkward. And then I was just, I was just like, thinking about how they were just saying all these things about how there's all these issues with not including black people. Mm-hmm. Then a black man wins the award, and they're li- I felt like they were muting him. It was just so silly. They also were, like, about stupid. to move on because there was no – because they didn't turn his mic on. It was so he weird. Even get to he goes, you did me dirty. You did me dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. <laughs> but – I'll like, also oh – we'll look into this later. Yeah. Technical difficulties. You'd think they would have a little bit better of a handle on things. True. Considering they've had a year knowing that this was going to be virtual. I feel like it was pretty certain it was going to be virtual for a while now. And I get that it's difficult and it's kind of unprecedented territory or whatever. But Mm -hmm. come on. Get it together. You guys are in film and television like you can't anyone can figure it out yeah yeah it's ridiculous i mean the news has always pretty much made it work live news that happens Mm -hmm. sports like why can't these award shows can never get it right i think it's because they're trying to make it so high stakes like it's so dramatic and once a year and blah 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 like bros bros just chill bros so the next thing is number four on the list is things that, what is the list called? Things we hate about the Golden Globes. The worst things <laughs> about the Golden Globes. The worst things about the Golden Globes is um, the foreign language aspect of it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So hello, Hollywood foreign press. I don't know why you're called that. 
Yeah. But oh, for you to separate a foreign movies into a foreign language category and then force an American movie into the foreign language category because they're Korean Americans? What? I don't appreciate that. You actually that. watched and the movie. I'm referring to Minari. I watched the movie. It's about the American experience and the American dream. Is it actually all in Korean or is there English in it too? It's mostly Korean, but it's kind of a mix. Okay. And the thing we forgot to bring up earlier is that they were pushed into this category and and we were talk we were talking about how, oh, the comedy might take it, the blah blah blah. Well the for the best uh, whatever in what is it called? Foreign, foreign language, language film. Foreign language film. That could very well. Well, that's true, yeah. The Oscars, well, that's the I, thing. We could hope. That could win. I mean, look at Parasite, but right. put put it in the drama, and then because it's not really a foreign film, you're taking away from the actual foreign films that were excited to be nominated and are truly belo- and truly belong in that category. Yeah, like, it's just so ridiculous. It's it's honestly kind of racist. I'd say so. I think that we should be recognizing like global films and f- global filmmakers, mm-hmm. but even if an American movie is in a different language, I don't think that should, I don't know. They basically just need to change the category to mean something else. And I don't know what the right answer is, but I don't think like foreign language film is what it should be called because there can be an American movie that's in a foreign language and it should just be called an American movie and not be categorized mm-hmm. with these global movies. And not to mention the whole point of Minari is supposed to be like their American experience. Like literally they were saying that them being pushed into this category is basically just like telling the same story that the yeah. that the movie is trying to tell exactly. where they just keep being pushed into others, others mm-hmm. like not yeah. one of us, being you know, yeah. not American. Yeah. So our number three, which is very dear to all, both of us, or all both of us, all three of us, because we all, all love us. music, but the Golden Globes has a lack of musical performances and really any performances. It's basically just present award, present award. There's it's because no- they have to jam so, they just try to tackle too much there. I, I agree. Like. Yeah. They jam so many awards into the night. But they need to restructure. It's not like the Oscars where um, every every um per, or artist that's nominated for best original song gets to perform and then usually they have a couple other fun performances um or like an in memoriam too um there's no music at the golden globes and it gets a little dry by a little i mean mm-hmm. a lot it's like a desert towards the a end model. so i would say that they need to add some musical element to it maybe i don't know if they necessarily need to copy the oscars but they need to do something to add some spice Yes. I mean, think of all the amazing Oscar singing performances we've had. Last the year was a doozy. Gaga but... Bradley, the weird Gaga Bradley moment. But last year we got Cynthia Erivo and she was amazing. Yeah, that oh, was. I love the, Cynthia Erivo. The top, and we. The weirdest ever one was when um, Les Mis. No, it wasn't Les Mis. No, there was a year I swear to God that, um, High School Musical sang. What? Oh, I think I you're know. right. I think you're right. Um, I have to say, Beyonce was there. Yes, with Beyonce. Yes, we wouldn't have yes. gotten Adele Dazeem if it weren't for the the musical performances at the Oscars. And not to mention my personal favorite, um, Lady Gaga's Sound, of, Sound music. of Music moment. A oh yeah, years ago. incredible, mm-hmm. incredible. Die for so Golden Globes. You need to keep up. Sorry, you're yeah. dry. You're racist. At least throw <laughs> some music in there for us if we're gonna put up with this. True. 
Um, uh, number two? Margaret? Oh, God. <laughs> so, <laughs> one thing I have to say is that number two is... Politics. Membership. <laughs> no, Membership. Two. Politics. Membership. Membership? Politics. Yeah. No, oh, membership. Oh, you guys are calling me two different... Oh. Oh, we're politics, fighting. Politics we're fighting. Category. We're fighting. Politics. So do the politics. Do you want me to do number it? two? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> number two, which is honestly something wrong with every single award show, but I think it becomes so clear with the Golden Globes just because mm-hmm. of the amount of category fraud, is the whole category fraud is, is politics. The politics of these award shows. Um, but anyways, where we see the most category fraud in this. The issues with a comedy musical category are so atrocious. Staggering. Can we all agree? Also, there's just not... The comedies and musicals uh, many years are nowhere near as good as the group of dramas. Mm, But I would say back in like the early mid-2000s... Okay, maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) I'm kidding. The comedies... Comedies were getting nominated for the Oscars... And yeah. now they're yeah. not. It's only drama. So I think they need to make room but, for it. But go on, Maggie. Also, they could have this category and it could be great. But they need to, like, search for the comedies and musicals and not just, like, let these higher-ups pick the bigger movies that don't exact, that yeah. aren't exactly good enough to be in the drama. They need category. to have stricter guidelines. Like, like there are undoubtedly going to be great comedies that come out every year and might not be like they might be more like independent and like not as huge blockbusters like palm springs Mm -hmm. perfect example Mm -hmm. it was but i'm just saying movies like palm springs but more movies like that Yeah. yeah another upsetting thing is um we talked about this earlier with jodie foster or maybe this was pre pod but um that movies can choose where they want to throw their uh, their actors in the leading categories or the supporting categories. And so if one of the categories is light, they can just throw their actor there and then they have a better chance of winning when they're really maybe not the supporting or the leading actor of that movie. And that was the example for, or the case for Jodie Foster in The Mauritanian. She actually was more like the leading actress of that movie, but she, she was, was in the supporting. Lead actress. Yeah, and she was the support, yeah. support in the supporting category, and she won. So it's like you're not even winning for what the category is about. A supporting right. actor is different than a leading actor in a movie, and there should be different That's criteria for it. Different. That's why they have the two different things. Yeah. If you're able to just say, I mean, if you're able to just be like, Jodie Foster is a supporting character, I feel like the nominating committee should be well within their rights to say actually no she's not yeah i agree you need to either put her in the lead actress or don't put her in at all Mm -hmm. if you don't think she's gonna win then she doesn't deserve to be in the category if you don't think that she should be nominated for the category that she is acting in do not put her in the category end of story Mm -hmm. that's what they did for um matt damon for um the yeah mars man the martian um the Martian is that they knew he wouldn't win as a drama or I can't remember if it was a movie or him as an actor. He was either nominated for actor, either one for actor. I think both. In, cause they were like, it was a joke. Like they knew that it wasn't a comedy, but they classified it as that. And everyone was kind of laughing about it at the award show. Like that's Mm -hmm. ridiculous. You're taking away from actors who were truly in a comedy role 
because you don't have the chops to win as a drama that year. That's your problem. Don't take away from others. Also, Mm -hmm. another case of this, I don't entirely know. I don't think that uh, the movie I Care A Lot which Rosamund Pike won for is a big comedy. It might fall kind of in between, but I think that is maybe another case of category fraud because maybe she should have been in the drama category and then maybe someone like Maria Bakalova who actually gave a comedic performance could have won. Right. They just need to have stricter guidelines and stop with the category fraud. Like, why would you even want an award? First of all, people are kind of like, whatever, it's the Golden Globes. Like, the awards don't matter that much except to raise awareness for your movie for the Oscars later on. But why would you even want to, like, accept an award that you weren't even, like, a supporting actress for? Right. Like, I would rather be – I mean, I can't really say. I would rather personally be nominated for a lead actress than win fraudulently for a supporting actress. Right. Also, like, I'm sure many actors and directors and movie makers and TV makers – like they would I mean they want to receive golden globes it's another like hot mm-hmm. it's a big award it's not I mean it's not an mm-hmm. EGOT or any of those awards but it's still like a big deal yeah so well, that's four awards. well yeah I meant like any of those so, Emmy Grammy Oscar or Tony yeah 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 yeah, yeah Mags yeah. oh are we gonna go into our next category yeah what's what's our number what one I was going to say before we go into the next one, I just wanted to say some moments from the night that I appreciate. Okay, let's do it. So, (laughs) these are just kind of personal to me. But one exciting thing for me was that Gillian Anderson won. Well, Gillian Anderson's probably my favorite actress. So I was excited. You said that about Olivia Olivia Coleman. Coleman (laughs) Yes. Well, the exciting thing was they were both on screen and they're like my two favorite actresses. Gillian Anderson is like, I I love her so much. But the fun thing was that Gillian Anderson won and Jodie Foster won. And they have always been compared throughout their career. And in X-Files, <laughs> yeah. her character is always compared to Clarice Starling from Silence of the Lambs. Jodie Foster's biggest role ever, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that, that was really cool because they're like they're kind of synonymous and like That is cool. I just was really excited about it, and Maggie, I, it's, I also love Jodie Foster. It's weird I'm to me you've never watched The Crown, because Olivia Colman and Gillian Anderson I are have. in that. Oh, have oh, you, you watched did? their seasons? What do you think of it? I have. What? Have you watched their seasons? Uh, only some of it, but um, I don't really care for uh, Margaret Thatcher impressions <laughs> <laughs> by American actors. I bet you would like the, the Princess Die season. But, listen, well, it's yeah, the same season. That's... That's the season that Gillian Anderson. Oh, was. okay. I get confused by the season. crown. I get confused. Um, but um, it, I mean, it looks like a great season. I um, I don't know. I don't really care about um, like Meryl Streep and Gillian Anderson doing Margaret Thatcher, <laughs> which they both won awards for. You true. Is true. Funny the enough, Iron Lady. Um, a moment that I loved was uh, Lee Isaac Chung winning for Minari and then his daughter um, jumping oh, into his arms. That was so, so cute. cute. Oh, my so God. Sweet. That was adorable. And that's something you wouldn't get at, like, an in-person Golden Globes because I don't think that his daughter that's would come. True. That's true. Yes. And it was we wouldn't get to see the whole inside. Kate Hudson family on <laughs> <laughs> Or Jason Sudeikis wearing a tie-dye sweatshirt. Yeah. Yeah. That was funny. That was kind of fun to see inside celebrities. Home. I yeah, need I to like watch that. Ted Lasso. Me too. I had, a, I had an what, Apple TV. Ted, Ted Lasso. Lasso. 
that's a show from Apple TV that he's in. He like really people love it. Becomes a coach of a of a European football team, maybe. And he's like from the Midwest or something, and it's supposed to be like a he's very great. uplifting, heartwarming show, funny show. Oh, this reminds me, Kate. It you like um, Jason Sudeikis a lot? I love Jason Sudeikis. Have you watched a movie with him and Elizabeth Olsen? What's it called? Oh, while Maggie's looking, I want to say congratulations to Maggie for winning our um, predictions. She. Oh my God. Thank you. Maggie got nine right, and Kate and I got eight. So it was a tight race, but Maggie pulled ahead because I think she picked um, Borat for two categories that we hadn't picked him for. Yeah. That was the one that I took a risk on, and I said Palm Springs. Yeah. I was being too hopeful. Yeah. I, you know, I, I would have voted for Palm Springs, but I had to, I had to leaving myself and try to pull ahead and i did it and i'm so honored i'm proud oh kate this movie is called kodachrome no i haven't it was a netflix movie i really liked it It only has 70 on rotten tomatoes but that's a lie because it was actually good that's a lie (laughs) i'm gonna watch that maggie were there just a fun nice little were there any other moments you liked from the golden globes let me think. Um, well, there was a moment I tried to get a picture of where um, they just had Olivia Coleman and Gillian Anderson on the screen, <laughs> and that was very exciting. <laughs> I think that's all, though. I have two yeah. two more. I kind of dipped about halfway, not halfway. I didn't watch a, any of it. Uh, it's in, okay. A bit it's into long. it, I was having some serious, like, you think they were having technical difficulties. I was having even more <laughs> because I could not barely even hear anything anyone was saying. But yeah. I just want to shout out um, two more moments. Um, Chadwick Boseman won, and his, I was speaking about this earlier, but the great speech um, from his wife. And um, Chloe Zhao winning twice. She just had, like, great messages, and she didn't feel like that she needed to, like, thank everyone. She kind of just, like, spoke to the message of the movie, and it was awesome to see an Asian she won twice? woman. Yeah, she won for Best Picture Drama and then Best Director. Um, cause oh. she's like, the what one for best screenplay? What ended up winning? Aaron Sorkin, Trial of the Chicago oh, Seven. Sorkin, yeah. Okay. I figured they would give that to him. I was bored. I was like, Aaron Sorkin again. Did Promising Young Woman win anything? No. no shut out. You could see Carrie Mulligan was kind of surprised that she didn't win best picture drama. And I think that she was a little, or best actress drama. And I think she was a little sad, but that's fine. Um, I think she took it well, but Viola Davis was really excited for Andre Day, which was cute. Um, so do you guys want to get to the last topic? Yes. Kate, do you want to intro our number one problem? With- no, you do it. You okay. Do it. So our number one <laughs> problem with um, the Golden Globes is the HFPA, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, and specifically their membership. So um, they have 87 members, which is nothing. The Oscars have hundreds, maybe thousands of members, the Academy, I should say. Um, and it's basically a fraudulent group of foreign journalists and there are no black members there are legitimately 87 people and there are no black members um that's appalling and just you have to wonder how they've gotten away with that for so for so long but also like of course like it's just upsetting that we put so much um, emphasis into this awards when there's not even black people that are voting on who should win these awards. And often, like, there's just got to be so many groups of people that are left out by this voting body because there's literally 87 members. And then if you listen to the big yeah. picture, Kate and I learned this, that when they're inducting new members, which they only do like three a year, that if one person in the entire association wants to veto that new person, they can. It only takes one. 
So they can basically shut out anyone. It's such an elitist way yes. of doing things. And also, I have to imagine every member in there right now is at least 118 years old. Yes. And it's it's lifelong term. Like also, Oy. it's such a clear display of performative activism, I feel like, because they're like, look at us. We're so inclusive and we nominate and award so many black and black artists and actors and all this stuff and look at how inclusive our movies are that we're nominating and then you go and look at the association where's the color yeah i'm not seeing enough color and you know who said that Mm -hmm. meredith gray i think it's it's just upsetting because like we went through this with the oscars for probably the last like four or five years where the and the oscars are taking real steps like they're not perfect and they're they have a long ways to go but they're taking real steps to induct more people of color into the academy to make like just make the whole academy younger and not to have all these old people just voting on um who should win these awards but then the golden globes are doing absolutely nothing and then they come out and make this empty statement being like we are it's unacceptable that we are do that this is a a thing basically talking about how there's no black members I know, it was ridiculous and then i literally thought that old guy was rudy julian <laughs> <laughs> but then they didn't say like we're gonna change yeah, it or like really what are. we're gonna do to change it they're just like we are going to be better it was, it was stupid so stupid 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 and they should be completely disbanded and there should be a new voting body for the golden globes i'm being radical but i think that's what should be the case i think so too you know what and i normally don't agree with those types of statements thank you i agree and you know what i agree yes um, and perhaps we just disband the Golden Globes altogether. I like award shows, <laughs> but maybe just replace it with something else. And also, I just read this. Apparently, the last black member they had was two decades ago. <gasps> That's shameful. They should be embarrassed. Oh, it's almost the God. 90s. Like, basically in the 21st century, they have not had a black member. Apparently, the, the head of the Hollywood Foreign Press said... She couldn't recall the group's last black member or who it was. That's oh. insane. Why is she saying why is she like People should resign. People should resign yeah. and open up spots. Or they should just like get rid of their racist and elitist rules. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. their nominating practices and their category fraud. Know, so who like wants either. journalists voting on these awards? Why are, like, what makes, I mean, I think journalists have some qualifications, but they shouldn't be the single occupation of the voting body i don't know i just got really heated about it because i just think it's stupid and should be better like if we're forcing everything to be better we should be forcing the golden globes to freaking be better yeah be best hashtag be best oh uh, yeah be better. <laughs> well well that yeah. is a great place to end things i feel um be best maggie's playing on her switch already and (laughs) next week i'm really hoping for a lighter culture week where we can just have a really fun list to go yes yeah we gotta get back to our countdowns okay um, i think i thought of a good list oh do you want to tease it top 10 squishmallows absolutely (laughs) not you're turning into (laughs) oh oh jesus christ i mouthed it so the listeners will just have to wonder. To wonder. Is this becoming a Squishmallow podcast? No, it's not. I, just I have a, a Lego couple. fixation right now. Maggie has a Squishmallow fixation. So soft. What's my fixation? Mm, ice meals. 
finding the best ice meal in um new york oh that me i need to post my next tiktok I've, it's just been sitting waiting i don't know why Guys, but follow um follow cam on tiktok at, at sack at sea and then follow us on instagram at maggie Abel. oh <laughs> it's not your name it's at, at give me culture <laughs> yes please follow us um and follow, follow maggie's art account yes maybell studios yeah, and order some flowers from me. And we love you guys. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. And love is love is love is love. Guys, I'm gonna do a review of. Uh, I'm gonna re- do a review of Kate's flowers when because I ordered some, and on <gasps> our um account. I have the package. I'm sending it tomorrow. <laughs> That's exciting. Okay, love you guys. Good night <laughs> from the city of stars. Oh, you actually are in the city of stars. Good night from the city of rapids that are grand. <laughs> Good night from the city grand of rapids. trees. Ann Arbor. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.